Welcome to F4 Podcasts. With me is Christopher Rupert Shell. He's back on the hot mic, as we call this edition of F4 Podcasts. And we are expecting he will oblige us, as a certain Chris Christie did, about Nikki Haley. <laughs> well, I'm already obliging. We're, we're drinking our tea, as we were told we're supposed to do before yeah, we do exactly. this. Exactly. As, yeah. as good little boys, uh, as per the instructions of our chair, Claire Whitaker. So, hey-ho, there we go. Question one for you, since we've already mentioned Nikki Haley. She's the only one left standing. Um, the other person, of course, is Donald Trump. So there are two people left standing. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Donald mm -hmm. was a monolith. He wasn't standing. He mm -hmm. was towering. Yeah. Uh, uh, the question is, why? Why is she still standing, Nikki yeah, Haley? Yeah, or, exactly. or the question could also be, why is Trump doing so well? Yes, but, yes. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> okay. A, you know, why, you know, why is Trump doing so well? And B, given the fact he's doing so well, why is she still running? Well, and I, I suppose another question is why she is still standing and not DeSantis. DeSantis was the darling, as you recall, at the beginning of all this. Yes, you thought he might even win. Indeed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and polls showed it was it was a very tight race. In fact, uh, at the end of 22, DeSantis was leading. Mm -hmm. But since your question was about so Haley... So did he suffer from uh, premature ejaculation? He... <laughs> he maybe in the polls. Uh, he, well, if you want to get into why DeSantis floundered, we can do that. But do you want me to... Which one do you want me to answer? <laughs> oh, dearie me. Let's begin with... Um, why is Trump doing so well, and then Nikki Haley, and then DeSantis? Okay. Uh, Trump's base ha is uh, indefatigable. They support him all the way. One of the things that has helped Trump, frankly, are the lawsuits. Uh, they also like the way he talks, that he is a quote-unquote fighter, uh, a word we hear both on the left and the right for respective candidates. But his base has proven to be um, insurmountable. Indeed, when we look at the next uh, primary, they're going to South Carolina, where Trump, uh, last I saw, has a 30-point advantage. Yet there is a deep desire amongst the never-Trumpers and uh, old guard Republicans and others who want some choice. And with DeSantis out, Nikki Haley is all that remains. So... So she's got money behind her, and that's why she has wind in her sails, and that's why she can sail into the hurricane that is Donald Trump. This is nothing more than a supposition, but I'm guessing when DeSantis started flagging in the polls, wasn't performing as he'd hoped. Mm, flagging, uh, I suppose, huh? Yeah, well... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The poll wasn't as high as they'd hoped. Uh, and then he, put, he needed some enhancement, I suppose. <laughs> Well, he put, he put all of his cards on Iowa, and he didn't perform as well as everyone thought he would. And I think some of his backers, well, I, his backers had been pulling away. And they, uh, they've switched gears. They went to Nikki Haley, some of them. And in fact, Nikki Haley in one of the debates brought this up, saying, you guys are just, to, to DeSantis himself, you're just mad that your backers are now moving over to me. Mm. She distinguished herself in several ways. One, she is a woman, but that's neither here nor there for most voters. She's an Indian woman, a Sikh woman, no less. Um... She is also neither here nor there for most voters, though mm. Trump did recently take aim at her name. Uh, but she uh, she came off as an authentic candidate, perhaps 
never as much as when she took on Ukraine, whereas DeSantis was willy-nilly, it's a territorial issue. Nikki Haley has been unequivocal in her position on many things. And so she was able to set a clear identity, chart a clear path, and distinguish herself from Trump, which you pointed out that DeSantis never did. He was trying to be a more right. respectable version of Trump, Trump without the baggage. And it turns out the base uh, does not mind the baggage. They don't mind the baggage. And, uh, you know, if you're... So DeSantis, at the end of 2022, when he's polling very well and people are throwing money behind him, he had a few things to his back. One, the midterms for Republicans did not go as predicted or as well as they'd hoped. Uh, the the red wave never materialized. He did very well, though. He did fantastically well. And the, the second thing is uh, COVID was still hot on the minds of people, and DeSantis was well known for his his COVID no policies. No mask, freedom policy. Yes, and it was good for his economy, continues to be so. And Trump was facing all of these lawsuits. So it's it's understandable why DeSantis thought, fresh off of, off of a tremendous victory, uh, being reelected as governor, he thought, I, I can take Trump. Trump did look at that time weak. Most of the candidates who lost, or rather quite a few of the candidates, many of the candidates who lost, were strong Trump people, and they uh, they did not do well out there. So was the Trump brand damaged at that point? And DeSantis thought so, as did many others. And um, what has transpired is that uh, Trump has emerged reinvigorated, and you see his base actually likes the fact he's taking the fight to the courts. He is, and, and DeSantis sold himself as a fighter, but if you look at the issue of today, and everyone likes to analyze this over and over, but... One of the simple things is, what is the one of the main issues in voters' minds right now? It's immigration. What does Trump stand for? Build the wall. Stay in Mexico policy. There, DeSantis then doesn't... Who's going to cut the lawn if you don't let in Jose? <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> or mow the lawn <laughs> and cut, trim the hedges. <laughs> let me just say, with the people who are... Well, the, the, the lawns will be just fine. Uh, <laughs> But I, I th- are you proposing um, that uh, we start a new lawn mowing company? I could, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jose is not coming over the border. I, I, I mowed <laughs> my parents' two of us. Uh, I mowed my parents' lawn for years, so I'm pretty handy with the lawn. Uh, that's the way we'll monetize Fair Observer, especially if you don't <laughs> donate to us. Be a monthly donor. Be a be a yearly donor. Donate a dollar a year, if nothing else. We'll get in better shape too, which <laughs> exactly. I don't know about you. I could use. Well, I'm just a skinny, brownie, fuzzy-wuzzy from the former colonies. There you go. Uh, but, you know, I, I've lost the thread of it. But nonetheless, DeSantis had a real opportunity. The biggest issue, he, you said, was immigration. And Trump's policy on immigration is build the wall, no Jose from Mexico. Right. Right. And DeSantis is talking about COVID. DeSantis also wasn't... He didn't tell his own story. And he has a fantastic story to tell. But he... He talked about policy. He's a wonk at heart. Trump is uh, more visceral in his appeal. And, uh, you know, DeSantis just, look, from day one, his announcement. Where was that? That was on Twitter. 
what happened on Twitter. It was, what, a 25-minute glitch. Mm -hmm. And not only that, it was on Twitter audio. So people never got to see the candidate announce. And uh, that was thought to be something of a gaffe. I would agree with that. So, so Elon Musk didn't prove to be a good omen for DeSantis. It, it was not. He was not. And uh, it kind of fizzled from there. Now, Nikki Haley, as you just mentioned, was something of a dark horse candidate. No one, no one gave her... No pun odds. intended, of course. Yeah, yeah no, no pun intended. No <laughs> pun intended. But she, uh, she was not thought to have much of a chance, and she really distinguished herself in the three debates. All right, so so much so for uh, the three candidates, one fallen and one standing and the one clearly running ahead or running away with it. Um, the question I have for you is why is she hanging on? Defeat seems certain. I don't think it's certain. I think... Oh, you think she has a chance? She has a, a chance. A chance. It's, okay. it's, it's narrowing. I see. But she has a chance. I okay. think the money has rallied behind her as an alternative candidate to Trump. And you have a nice uh, African friend who's performing voodoo in the basement for her. Who's this? <laughs> uh, boy, uh... Never, I, I'm not going to say what I was going to what I was going to say. But I I I don't I don't I, I, does she have a chance? Yes, she does. That is, it's not clear how she does this, particularly since she is. It looks like she's going to take a drubbing in her home state of mm. South Carolina, and I think she's hoping to survive past that, keep the money going. But she has done much better than most people thought. However. Trump has the wind to his back, and I think this E. Jean Carroll lawsuit... Will hit him. I think it will help him. Oh, it'll help him. Oh, so you've got to keep in mind, as, as the Democrats have learned, you can impeach him all day long. Everyone, his supporters, just hug him all the closer. And So who are his supporters? Explain to our global audience who forms Trump's base. Right. So amongst the Republican establishment, you have two sets, the never Trumpers, and you have people who like his policies, but frankly can't stand him. In the heartland, where the votes are, they love him. They think he is fighting for them. They remember the economy under Trump, which was very good. Low unemployment, wages were good and growing. And keep in mind in the last few years, Wages haven't just stagnated, they've actually fallen. Real wages have fallen. And so they remember that the border was semi-secure, you know, to the extent the southern border ever is, that Trump was, um, was bringing jobs back home, that the economy was good prior to COVID. They, some would say his handling of COVID was pretty solid, that he came up with the vaccine, Operation Warp Speed. So there are warm, fuzzy memories about the Trump economy. I see. And um, James Carville once said, it's the economy, stupid. It's always the economy. It, I see. You know, kitchen table issues prevail in every election. And the cost of living crisis, uh, from your vantage point, is the real issue hurting Joe Biden? I think so. Uh, in recent days, he's, he's started to look weaker in terms of foreign affairs. We had three soldiers who died, another uh, two dozen plus who were injured after effectively an Iranian proxy 
struck a U.S. base. And uh, he, Joe Biden, has not responded in kind. Trump is gauzy on how he would approach these matters, but people think he's tough. Joe Biden's economy is really what's hurting him, and the appearance also that he is too concerned about green deals and hybrid cars and not concerned enough about basic the basic economy, the fundamental economy. And you mean the the mortgage, the insurance payments, the childcare payments, the healthcare payments, the the costs of school or college as whatever whatever you want to call it. The so, the day-to-day living expenses expenses have risen dramatically and people don't like that and as I said before Real wages have declined. They're rising again. To be fair to Biden, they're rising again, but they're still well beneath what they were when Biden took office. And to be fair, and you and I have a friend who knows something about this, people are increasingly blaming the Inflation Reduction Act and other bills for creating the stimulus inflation. More, yeah, the yes. stimulus in particular. Well, we, we'll, we'll park economic, uh, you know, deep, deep dive into economics um, for now. Uh, that'll come later. Uh, let's talk about um, a question from Andy Andrew Morrow. Now he uh, published a great piece about your home state, mm-hmm. Texas. Yeah. Uh, Haven't met the man, but I like him. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure you do. Uh, and and he pointed out how uh, the U.S. blundered into civil war without realizing it back in the day. Yes. Uh, I, of course, I don't expect civil war. I I I I'm sure you don't. But his question is not about the piece he wrote. His question is, how did any of the Republican candidates think they were going to win? Wasn't this primary a foregone conclusion? In DeSantis's case, he had every reason to think he could win. He was leading in head-to-head polls for a while. I see. Late 2022, as I mentioned, he, he was up by, I don't know, 12, 14 points. In, hmm. in head-to-heads. Now, DeSantis delayed. Keep in mind, he didn't he didn't announce until, um, I think it was May of last year. Hmm. A lot of people thought he sort of missed the bus on that one a little bit. But to revisit what I said earlier, uh, we'd had a bludgeoning in the mid... Republicans had had a bludgeoning in the midterms. These were Trump candidates. There was nowhere for Trump to hide and say, you know, that these were all stolen elections. Um, COVID was still on everyone's mind, and Trump was facing a lot of lawsuits. Many people thought those lawsuits would weaken him. So you're saying it wasn't a foregone conclusion? It wasn't at all. At that time, the thinking was Trump is very vulnerable, and we would like to have a younger candidate, and we, the Republicans, would like to have a candidate who could serve two terms. So now that Trump has um, the wind behind his sails... And he seems set to be the Republican Party's candidate. Will Republicans rally behind him or will they remain divided? It's an interesting question. Uh, The base certainly has rallied behind him. If you look at the Iowa polls for those who voted for um, Haley, uh, and maybe even also DeSantis, but certainly Haley. Haley got 19% of the vote. She did, but of her cohort, Mm. 43% of them said they were never Trumpers. 
Um, in New Hampshire, 19% said they were never Trumpers. Hmm. So will the Haley, Haley has smaller numbers, but, but these elections are now, the general elections are so close that if you don't have virtually every one of your, your group, your, your party, be it Republicans or Democrats on board, it gets very tough. Now, I, I want to contradict myself. We're seeing Trump uh, in head-to-heads with Biden leading in swing states as of the moment. Now, predicting how that turns out in November is a lot like predicting what the weather will be on that day. But at the same time... It'll be sunny. It will be... (laughs) Well, there you have it, folks. We'll find out how how good a tool's predictive powers are. But I can tell you this. It has Democratic strategists very worried that Biden's numbers are, frankly, as lousy as they are right now. All right, so let's talk about um, Trump's legal troubles, which seem to make him ever more popular. What's going on there? Well, the most recent deal is 40, uh, I'm sorry, $83.3 million to E. Jean Carroll, who has sued him before and won $5 million. She just won 83.3 more. Could she donate to us? (laughs) (laughs) She, well, you, you're a candidate in need of money. We, I, I run a noble nonprofit uh, in journalism. We need money. Well, she doesn't have the money yet. <laughs> oh, she, Trump's me. going to appeal. But $12 million of that was for reputational damage, $12 million of that for emotional distress. And a, a, a sort of staggering sum is for punitive damages. Hmm. I think the number... Personally, I think the number is astronomical. Her, E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, asked the question rhetorically, how much will it take to make him, Trump, stop? Uh, so I understand the idea that you know they want to punish Trump, but at the same time, that is a very high number, and this is driving Republicans straight into Trump's arms. So the story in Republican circles is that our man is being crucified like Jesus by the evil Democrat <laughs> judges. Well, and there will, some, some of his base will say, you know, Trump is God, perhaps tongue-in-cheek, perhaps not. And he will rise up like Jesus. Yeah, well, he, he, <laughs> he's, Easter rising, Sunday. he's rising in the polls, no doubt about that. But, you know, the, the, the notion that there is a witch hunt, that he is persecuted, whether you go back to the impeachment hearings or p- impeachment proceedings or you go into the, the many, many lawsuits against him, there is a feeling that were he not Donald J. Trump, none of these lawsuits would be filed, or at the very least, only one or two out of the dozen plus the 91 charges, whatever. You can't even keep up with it. I can't keep up with all the lawsuits and the charges. And I don't watch that much MSNBC. <laughs> oh, jolly. <laughs> jolly good. Okay. Uh, so much so for, for legal troubles actually benefiting him. Uh, let's move on to another question that um, everyone seems to be talking about these days in Washington, D.C., where we happen to stand as of now. Yes, Indeed. folks, we are standing, not sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, who might Donald J. Trump select as a running mate Ah, so uh, this is much debated. A lot of people think Tim Scott, who has a wonderful story um, about you know growing up and and overcoming things. He is a, a, a black politician. A Appoint, lot of people appointed in South Carolina by Nikki Haley initially. Indeed, yeah, and and he is 
Uh, a lot of people thought his presidential run was to set him up for a Veep nod. He has endorsed Trump. A lot of people think that Tim Scott would be an attractive candidate. Beyond that, you know, this is a parlor game right now. It's mm. awful hard. To, what you're th you're saying? I will know what's in Donald Trump's mind. That, uh, that's. <laughs> I, I thought I thought you had a voodoo man sitting in the basement that, telling you all sorts of shit. That, <laughs> <laughs> back with the voodoo. You're on this voodoo kick today. All right, all right. No, uh, it, it's a parlor game. I think Tim Scott would be a good choice. He, yeah. as I said, has a fantastic story. He is a productive senator. He has uh, education chops in terms of policy, and I think he would contribute something to the campaign. Beyond that, Who knows? there's a sheaf of people. I've, I've played this game any nights at the carriage house with people. All right, so let's move on um, from that. You, 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 wouldn't, uh, you didn't mention Vivek Ramaswamy. You don't think he's in... I, you know what I think he's doing? Mm. I think he's playing for uh, something within the administration. Treasury Secretary Secretary. Of, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's his game. Lord help us. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's making a play for the Veep role. I really I never thought that. But he is, unfortunately, so sycophantic that uh, it's clear he's angling for something. Excellent. So if Trump wins, what will his second presidency look like? Oh, boy. Uh, so the Democrat... The Democrats' line is that it will be nothing but vengeance. Well, I thought it would be the death of the firstborn and bubonic plague. There. <laughs> so you have been reading the New York Times. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, it is it is uh, uh, fascism, and everyone will be out in jackboots, and and uh, yeah, yeah. you will be thrown in jail. First, I will, and then I will be. Oh, well, well you, you know, I'd rather you go first, but okay, I'll, I'll be there waiting on you. I, 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 you know, I'm a good follower. I'm an immigrant. You, you are the citizen. I will follow you. <laughs> right off the cliff like a lemming. Yeah. So what is the second? You know, the first Trump platform, you, you can like it or dislike it. You know, reducing free trade. America's getting screwed on these deals. Build the wall. Well, at least on trade, there is little daylight between Trump and Biden. Protectionism is in the air. Right, yeah. And the change in, in um, the global economic order is in large part due to Donald Trump. He threw out the Trans-Pacific Partnership. He turned protectionist. Um, you can argue a lot of what he did was not very effective, but he did change the zeitgeist. He did, and, and Biden has been happy to follow with the CHIPS Act, with um, hundreds of billions of dollars in green energy deals that uh, favor. And actually, he's come down harder on China. Joe yes, Biden has, has yeah. uh, blocked China um, from, from accessing high-end um, uh, chip technology and high-end chips. Yes, he has. He's taken Trump's chips and his own and pushed them all forward uh, on on protectionism yeah, and, and, exactly. and uh, you know, prohibiting China from getting uh, technology mm -hmm. that they want, dual use uh, and other things. Do not let China be great again. <laughs> <laughs> the Chinese monsters are coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So what, what buy was, more guns, buy more guns now. And Americans are. <laughs> there are actually some very interesting statistics on black gun ownership and, and they've purchase. gone up spectacularly. Wildly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Most of our listeners wouldn't know that. Yeah, the, a, absolutely stunning numbers. Uh, that's, I guess, a conversation for a different day. Yeah. But what is Trump's platform now? Well, he's going to do something with Ukraine and Putin, and it'll be a really great deal. Uh, okay. Uh, he wants a 10% tariff on anything imported. I think what's passed his prologue, obviously, is going to be— Except swimsuits, because— beauty contestants wear swimsuits so they will have no tariffs well and, and certainly any swimsuits he wants to look at are are, uh, are you know french couture so <laughs> I, I don't think i don't think the money with for the swimsuits will be a problem for him um you know what else is he going to do the 10 percent tariff uh that's pretty gauzy it's hard to make out exactly what the platform is now but I want to hear rumors that Steve Bannon is planning vendetta. The bureaucracy will be gutted. They are going to bring in their hoods. Yes, uh, and think tanks are coming up with potential policies. Yeah. So uh, I, I find so this... it'll be like Attila the Hun sacking Rome. Well, to hear to hear the New York Times and others tell it, yeah, people on the left think that it will be. Uh, the death of and and I despise this phrase, our democracy, whatever that means. Um, you know, I, I'm not in that crowd, but uh, that certainly is a political selling point because they realize they don't have a lot for Biden to tell. Bidenomics took a bath, right? They went out and ran on a phrase that the Wall Street Journal coined to say, hey, the economy is great to a bunch of people who were experiencing declining real wages. This was, this was madness, in my opinion. So what are they going to tell? You know, more electric cars. Oh, well, no one's buying them. Um, you know, reestablishing America's credibility abroad. Well, we've got Ukraine and Russia. Now we have Israel. Uh, Taiwan is looking, uh, is, is in a precarious position. Not to mention Afghanistan. And Afghanistan, where, where Biden's numbers declined precipitously and never recovered. So what do you have to do? You're going to have to terrify people that Trump is going to be, as you said, yeah, but, Attila uh, the Hun. Yeah, but let's, on a serious note, he is not the most savory of characters. He does not behave with the dignity that behoves yeah. the presidential office. Th th this is it, a big complaint yeah, of the never-Trumpers uh, and the, exactly. the, the old-school uh, Republicans. Exactly. Uh, and I know quite a few old-school Republicans, uh, yes, as you do, do you. So, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, to put it simply, he ain't no Thomas Jefferson. He ain't no Abraham Lincoln. And he certainly ain't no George Washington. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that is not healthy for any democracy. I, I, I would agree. This goes back to the style points. Now, a lot of people will say they liked his policies. The people he appointed, and to the extent they stayed in those jobs very long, uh, enacted fairly traditional conservative policies outside of Fortress America, reducing trade. Um, and Very uh, traditional, going and talking, having a chat with... Uh the North Korean dictator, Kim Jong-un. That was a little unconventional as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can see uh, Kim Jong-un uh, Jong, uh, is, is uh, launching missiles and, and being... They'll have another chat. They so, might. And they, they'll they watch might. a movie together. Well, uh, and everything will be fine. Well, we, we had a soldier who actually defected. Remember this story? And uh, North Korea said, no, we really don't want any part of this. You can have them back. <laughs> they didn't even want to barter or negotiate over it. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, we're not dealing with this. Anyway, so, so you think um, 
it, it wouldn't be good uh, for the office, but you don't see a serious dent uh, to American democracy in the second term. I, d I don't see what the New York Times predicts. I think a lot of that is politics. There's not much for Biden to run on. But, so what but happens? I, I'm not what saying, happens? What happens? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I mean, it is hard for me to say what he will do. Yeah. But but sometimes you have lines taken out of context. Like when he said, I won't be a dictator except on day one. Well, the media ran with that and just played that clip. But what he went on to say was, I won't be a dictator except on day one where we're going to drill baby drill. And there was a second element to that. But basically he was saying, I'm going to sign some executive orders on day one. It's dip I just wish there were more of a platform than I hear. Mm -hmm. That concerns me. So you think the threat is exaggerated? Yes. Nevertheless, uh, what will happen will be uncertain. Yes. Unpredictable. Yes. And uh, potentially damaging to American democracy. Well, let me put it to you this way. Second terms are, are you have a freer hand as president in your second mm. term. So that's one thing that worries people. Mm. You will have a freer hand. You're able to do a lot more mm -hmm. um, without any repercussions. And he does move his hands a lot. He does move his hands a lot. He does. <laughs> yes, yes. And so that concerns a lot of people. And I got to say, that's fair. Uh, it, it's just hard to know how a second term will turn out. Well, uh, on that note, uh, we will leave you hanging up in the air. Uh, we'll have to just wait and see how America unfolds. Uh, Thank you very much, Christopher, for joining me. Absolutely, Atul. Good to chat with you. See you next time. Cheers.